0: Hey there, it's Jamie Scrimger here, and you're listening to the Kick-Ass Stepmom Podcast. I'm a wife, a mom, a stepmom, a coach, a conversation opener, and a BS caller. Eight years ago, I found myself sitting on the bathroom floor, bawling my eyes out, wondering what the heck I was thinking, marrying a man with three kids and an ex-wife. Look, don't get me wrong. I was madly in love. The kids were great. But being a stepmom is, well, it's just complicated. If you know, you know. As a 26 year old with zero experience in the parenting department, I went to the internet for support, but I was disappointed with what I found. So I decided to create the type of support I was looking for. Raw, real, solution-focused conversations about all things motherhood, stepmotherhood, and living a kick-ass life. Life can be hard, really freaking hard, but it's entirely possible to thrive amongst the tough stuff. Each week, I will bring you tips and strategies and mindset shifts to inspire you to live your own version of a kick-ass life. We'll bring you along as I create my own. Let's do this. All right. Hey, guys. So before we get into the episode, I want to make sure that you are in the loop about all of the new and exciting things happening with the platform. So first things first, I now have a text line. So you can shoot me a text at 226-401-0819. Just say hey, and then we can stay in touch. And this is also where you can submit questions for Ask Me Anything podcast episodes And an upcoming series that Darren and I are going to do called Whose Side Are We On? So this is where you can submit questions about situations or issues that have come up with your partner or maybe the ex. And then we're going to give you our two cents on, well, we're just going to tell you whose side we're on. Who do we think is right and who do we think is wrong? For the record, Darren does not know that he's doing this yet. So if you were talking to him, don't mention it. I always have to make sure my timing is right when it comes to these requests. But this is going to be so fun. And it's just a fun way to spice things up for the episodes coming up in the summer. So two two six four zero one zero eight one nine. 401 819 Stop right now. Send me a text. Put it in your context. And yeah, then we can be real life friends. Second, a few years ago, I wrote an ebook. If you've been following along for a while, you have heard about it. So 101 Ways to Be a Kick-Ass Stepmom. And it has all of my top strategies and mindset shifts, just all about disengaging and boundaries and dealing with your stepkids and your in-laws and mutual friends and having an R's baby and being a childless stepmom, dealing with a high-conflict ex. Like it really does tackle all of the common stepfamily stressors, and I just updated it. So I added some more tips, I made some tweaks, and now it's 120 ways to be a kick-ass stepmom. So if you want a copy, head to jamiescrimger.com forward slash ebook. And if you text me the word ebook, I will send you a code for 25% off. Third. I am now doing monthly workshops. So each month I'm releasing a new workshop. So we have how to disengage without looking like the bad guy, how to set the foundation for step family success, how to talk to your partner about your step family stress. And we have upcoming workshops on how to prepare for summer with your step kids and a whole load of other common step family stressors. So the lineup for 2022 is stellar. And I cannot wait to share all of it with you. Now here is the deal, members of the exclusive stepmom community get these workshops included in their membership. If you are not in the membership, you can still buy the workshops a la carte. So if you wanna sign up and get certain workshops and you don't want access to them all, then you can head to my website. There's a page for the workshops now and that's what you can do. Now, if you do wanna get access to the workshops and every single workshop that we're releasing for the rest of 2022, plus the library of content in the membership, more podcast episodes, my office hours, Wine Wednesday webinars, interviews with experts, you can still join the membership. So that way you can get access to all of the workshops. It's a way better deal, like a better bang for your buck. So all the information is, again, up on my website, jamiescrimger.com forward slash membership for the membership, and then jamiescrimger.com forward slash workshops for the workshops. All right, that was a lot, but I want to make sure that you guys are in the loop. So there you go. There's the deets. Let's get to the episode. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Kick-Ass Stepmom Podcast. It is just me today. I'm doing a solo episode, and we are diving into self-care. You know, I felt really called to do this episode after some messages from you guys in my DMs on Instagram, asking about self-care. And it is kind of weird to me. I do feel like self-care is this overdone, oversaturated topic. But then whenever I talk about it, I get questions and I realize that there's still very much this need to have conversations about self-care and giving women permission to take care of themselves in the mom and stepmom community. Now, a few weeks ago, I posted something about self-care on my Instagram, and not only did I get questions from you guys asking what self-care looks like for me, but I also got a lot of questions about how I do things for myself without feeling guilty, and I am going to be very straight with you, and I'm saying this with love. What the hell? How are we still in the space where women feel guilty for taking care of ourselves, for nurturing ourselves, for meeting our needs, for taking a beat, for taking space and being someone outside of our role within the home? Every woman listening to this, listen to me when I say, this is not something you should feel guilty for. Enough is enough. I did a question box on my stories asking you guys what you wanted me to tackle in this episode. And some of the questions that got really surprised me and made me feel so sad about where women are struggling when it comes to self-care. And maybe we need to call it something else. Maybe self-care has become like this job and just this like task that's supposed to be on our to-do list. Maybe we need to call it meeting our needs or self-nourishment or just, I don't know, like being a person who deserves to be cared for. I don't, I don't know what we're supposed to call it, but here are the facts. You should not feel guilty about meeting your own needs ever. However, if you are in the place where you are all about taking care of others and putting their needs before your own, if you are in the place where you feel guilty for doing something that feels like it's just for you. You need to understand that taking care of yourself is indirectly helping you take care of others. Now, let me ask you this. Do you want to raise daughters who feel the way you feel about meeting their own needs? Who feel like they need to give and give and give and feel guilty for stopping to read a book or for sitting down to enjoy a cup of coffee without anyone saying their name or for going on a girl's night and connecting with their friends or having alone time or Washing their freaking hair. Do you want your daughter to sacrifice her needs? Or, on the same note, do you want to raise a son who has these expectations of the women in his life to give and give and give and always be there to sacrifice? You don't. You don't want that. We want to change the conversation. We deserve to live, we deserve to be an experienced life. Now, before we get to the bulk of this episode, I want to tell you a story. So a few weeks ago, I was on a trip with my aunt and my cousin. We went down south for a week. It was so amazing. And guys, honestly, I did not know how much I needed this trip until I got there. It was just such a special time that I will remember for the rest of my life. Now, I definitely had some guilt and some reluctance about going and being away from Darren and being away from Reese for the week. Now, the older kids were with their mom. But here's the deal. Everything was fine. They were fine. In fact, I think they probably liked the break from me and cherished the alone time that they had. But when we were coming home, we were in the airport heading to the parking garage and we got talking to the flight attendants who were on our flight and they asked about our trip and we said it was a girl's trip. And the one flight attendant looked at us and was like, what was the excuse? What was the excuse? And it was just a very aggressive tone. It was very odd. Instead of asking us how our trip was, the woman said, how did you do that? What was the excuse? No, really, what was the excuse? There was no excuse. There was this tone of resentment in her voice about us taking this trip, and it was just odd. She was a complete stranger. So again, I'm not gonna lie, I had some guilt before I went. I had a bit of a controlling moment about my husband sending Reese to dance without a ponytail in right, and there were things that were not done to my standard. But I talked myself out of it and I got rid of that guilt because they were fine. And I came home feeling so motivated and so refreshed. And even weeks later, I am much more patient, focused, and present. So what was the excuse? There was no fucking excuse. We wanted to take a vacation. And as women, we do not need an excuse to do something for ourselves. All right, so there's the story. Let's get to the episode. Here's what's on the agenda. For today, I'm going to give you the lowdown on what self-care looks like for me right now, and then I'm going to dive into some of the questions that you guys submitted, and then hopefully after this episode, you're going to stop feeling guilty. Okay? Okay. I'm going to start with this. I very, very rarely feel guilty for doing something for myself. I spent a lot of time at the beginning of our marriage trying to be the perfect stepmom and the perfect wife and the perfect whatever, and it was exhausting. And I remember when we first got married— I was commuting an hour and a half each way to work. I was working in child protection, so I had long days. I often would get home until 7, 7.30 at night, and I left really early in the morning. And in the morning before I left, I would make sure the house was clean and the lunches were made and the clothes were picked out and everything was organized and dinner was in the crock pot. And then I would come home and I would help the kids and I would do all the homework and do the laundry and go, go, go. And I remember not sitting down until like 10 o'clock at night, and I was just freaking exhausted all the time. I would never go to bed with the dishes in the sink or with shit to do. I was also a ticking time bomb. Something could trigger me or set me off really quickly. I was teetering on resentment, and I'm sure I was a real freaking gem to live with. I was trying to be the perfect mom and the perfect stepmom and the perfect wife. And in doing that, I was actually the opposite. I was providing my family with the opposite of what I was trying to be. I've told this story so many times, but I'm going to tell it again because I think it's really important. So one day I broke down in the kitchen and I said to my husband, I don't do anything that I used to do anymore. I don't go to yoga. I don't go to bookstores. I don't sit in coffee shops. I don't see my friends. I was just so mad and resentful for all of the extra responsibilities. And I felt like I was just giving and giving and giving. And he looked at me. And he said, no one asked you to stop doing those things, Jamie. You did that on your own. And he was right. We are conditioned to sacrifice ourselves for our families. And I had to stop. Now, I don't feel guilty for leaving the dishes and going upstairs to read a book. I don't feel guilty for having laundry pile up if I feel like I need to have a little bit of a break. People know where to find the socks. And by the way, when you have kids, you can never really be caught up on laundry, so let's stop trying. I don't feel guilty for booking anything for myself that helps me feel more confident in myself. I don't feel guilty for telling the kids that I'm going to do a workout or booking a girls' night. Sidebar, with my daughter and when the kids were young, I would let them know when I was available and I would set them up and give them all the information so they knew what I was gonna go do and what they should expect. And so they knew that I was still there. They were occupied and I was able to go do my thing. But I don't feel guilty and neither should you. My husband does not resent me for taking time for myself either. Your partner should not make you feel guilty for taking time for yourself. It helps you show up as a better wife, mom, stepmom, employee, friend, person, whatever. And chances are your partner does want you to take more time for yourself. Chances are your partner does want you to nourish yourself so that you can show up as a better version and more patient and more available for your family. I think there is this big misconception that by meeting your own needs, you're not meeting the needs of your partner or you're not showing up for your kids. And it doesn't have to be like that. You can prioritize everything. You can find a balance. Self-care can feel like a juggling act at times, but it's not impossible. So here's a question for you. Have you ever listened to a podcast with someone you admire or read an article by a thought leader you aspire to be like and heard them say, yeah, self care is bullshit. You don't have to take care of yourself. I never take time to work out or meditate or connect. No, you haven't. I can assure you that not one woman who is killing it in life doesn't make nourishing themselves a habit. So for me, what self-care looks like changes based on the season that I'm in and what's going on with life. And Truthfully, sometimes I'm really good at it and sometimes I need to be more deliberate, but it's always a priority. It's always a balancing act and something that I'm always tweaking. I am so pumped about my newest partnership with Nucom. I have been actively trying to minimize stress and calm my mind and carve out time in my day for stillness and meditation, which, as we know, is easier said than done in this busy, stressful world that we're currently living in. So Nucom is patented neuroscience technology clinically proven to lower stress and improve sleep quality. It gives you the power and control to slow down and recharge when you need to by guiding you to your natural recovery state. Within minutes, Nucom guides your brainwaves to frequencies for deep recovery and restoration. Amen. So here's how it works. You apply the Nucom Biosignal Processing Disc to your inner left wrist. Then you connect headphones to your mobile device and select your NuCom journey in the mobile app. Cover your eyes with the NuCom light blocking eye mask, get comfortable, and zen out. It is so freaking good. NuCom is the world's first and only patented technology clinically proven to lower stress and improve sleep quality without drugs. For more than 20 years, the company has been helping people like elite military operators to cancer patients, to pilots, to professional athletes, to veterans, to regain control of their lives by helping them manage stress. It used to be a $6,000 class three medical device. Now it's easier to use and much more affordable through a subscription. So for as little as $1.67 per day, you can take control of stress, poor sleep, and own the day. Nucom has become one of my favorite rituals and is my new favorite form of self care. I cannot tell you how good this feels. So you can learn more and get all the details at www.nucom.com and use the code Jamie10Off for 10% off. That's www.nucom.com and use the code Jamie10 for 10% off. A huge priority for me over the last year or so has been my sleep. My bedtime routine is something that I'm trying really hard to be deliberate about because I know that when I get off the screens or read a book or journal and have a hot drink before bed, I sleep way better. I've also learned the difference that great sheets can make. A few months back, we got the bamboo sheets from Cozy Earth. We got the sheet set and the duvet cover and guys, I can't even. They blew my mind and are by far the softest, most comfortable sheets I've ever slept in. And I get hot at night and regularly get the night sweats. And these sheets are temperature regulating, which is perfect because it helps keep me cool. Certified free of harmful chemicals, easy to wash, won't pill and have a 10 year warranty. I cannot recommend these bamboo sheets enough. And of course I have a code for you so you can use the code JamieS40 for 40% off. Yes, 40%. Investing in good sheets makes such a huge difference in your sleep. And when you get good sleep, you show up as a better version of yourself in the morning. You deserve it. And the people in your life deserve it. And seriously, they're just so soft. So Jamie S 40 for 40% off. You can go to Cozy Earth's website or jamiescrimger.com forward slash Cozy Earth and use the code and you'll be good to go. Sidebar, Cozy Earth also has the bamboo jogger set that I'm always posting about on Instagram. Also so freaking comfortable. Highly, highly recommend So here are a few things that fall into the self-care category for me. One, mornings. This is no surprise to you guys. You know I'm a morning person. I like to wake up before the kids come down and have my coffee in peace. I sometimes have a really strict morning routine, and other times I kind of just do whatever I feel like I need to do for me in that moment. But typically, it involves journaling, working out, reading a personal development book, planning my day, writing a list of things that I'm grateful for. It really, yeah, depends on where I'm at and what I feel like I need. I think the big thing here is to know that your morning routine can evolve and change based on the seasons of your life and where you're at. If your morning routine starts to feel like a job or something that you don't look forward to, it needs tweaking. It's not working. Like if you dread waking up in the morning and feel like you need to have this morning routine because that's what everyone on Instagram is doing, maybe that's not for you. That being said, there are times when I really have to push myself to get out of bed. And when I do, I am so grateful that I have because having that time to just get grounded and focused and just, yeah, be alone in the morning, it sets my day up far, far better than if I'm waking up at the same time as the rest of my family. The second thing that I do is I nap and I lie down. So this is a huge thing for me and something that I resisted for so long But I've gotten to the habit of asking myself, what do I need right now? If I'm feeling distracted or stressed or just kind of off, I stop and I'm like, what do I need? I'm all about listening to my body. And sometimes my body needs a freaking nap. Sometimes I need to just get horizontal. So on a Saturday afternoon or even in the middle of the workday, don't hate, I work from home so I have the flexibility. If I feel depleted or I'm like spinning my tires, I set an alarm on my phone and have a little lie down. Sometimes I sleep, sometimes I don't, but I get horizontal and I give myself the space. I breathe, I close my eyes, I regroup. That right there is 15 minutes of self-care. And you know, sometimes I do a quick meditation from the Calm app or from New Calm, which is a sponsor of the show, clinically proven to reduce stress and improve sleep. I will link it for you guys, it's freaking amazing. But giving yourself this midday reset is, it's just a game changer. And I know there's many people who are listening to this and say, Oh, Jamie, that must be so nice that you can have a lie down in the middle of the day. And yeah, you know what? It is nice. It is nice. <laughs> you can do that too. If you are working somewhere and you have your 15 minute break, instead of going and getting a coffee and chatting with your coworkers, go to your car and just close your eyes and breathe and give yourself that reset. There are 100 reasons that I could convince myself that lying down in the middle of the day and taking that time is a bad idea. But trust me when I say I'm far more patient and productive when I do. One thing that I've read that people who work outside the home do when they are coming home is that they have a little bit of a transition time before they get out of their car to walk into their house. So they sit there for a few minutes. They breathe. They maybe put on some nice music. They close their eyes, and they regroup. And it's a really great way for them to separate work life and home life. So that's something that I would suggest for you as well. Quiet time, calm music, deep breaths, self-care. So here are some things that I do aesthetically for self-care. This is something that I have been doing for years. I get my lashes and my nails done on a regular basis. And this is something that I've treated myself to. Yeah, for, yeah, like I said, 10 years now. First, lash extensions. So I like to throw my hair up and just go when I get up in the morning I like to have less maintenance, and I just want to get going with the day without feeling like I need to put mascara or do makeup or whatever. And, you know, some people care about this stuff. Some people don't. I do. I feel put together without having too much to do. And I am a big believer in look good, feel good. And I feel better when I have my lashes on. So every two weeks, I lay on a bed at my lash girl Steph's house for one hour. I fall asleep listening to her soft music. And I wake up, and I feel better, had a little napper, and it takes less time to get ready for the day. So it's something that I do for me, and at this point, it's just non-negotiable. Nails. I am a nail biter. I get anxious and stressed, and then I pick my nails and the skin around it, and it's disgusting, and it's bad, and it's often a bloody mess. And that's the reason why you rarely see me without nail polish on, because if I don't, it's just, it's not good. So I get my nails done on a regular basis, Again, it helps me feel better, helps me kick this habit, again, look good, feel good, and when I'm confident in how I'm presenting myself, I do feel better. These two things help me feel like I look more put together, even if I'm just in a hoodie and yoga pants. Next is personal growth. A huge part of self-care and nourishment for me has been diving into personal development books. So this is either your thing or it's not. It wasn't my thing years ago. I used to think it was so weird. And now I love to read books that help me dive into my past and challenge my triggers and you know work on my shit. It's like therapy. So books like The Boundary Boss, How to Do the Work, Judgment Detox by Gavi Bernstein. I will link all these for you. It's deep work, but it really helps me dive into myself, what I'm struggling with, and what I need to work through. And taking this time in the morning to not only read, but to dive into the journal prompts and worksheets in this book is something that I do on a regular basis. And yeah, it's definitely been huge for me. You know, for me, personal growth and personal development isn't just writing a list of things that I'm grateful for every day and, you know, reading some surface level book that. It's like, oh, just don't worry about what people think. Just do you. Like, personal growth for me is uncomfortable. It's diving deep. And I feel like if you're not getting uncomfortable and you're not feeling challenged by what you're reading and how you're reflecting on yourself, I think that it would really benefit you to dig a little deeper. So lately, for me, personal growth has involved diving into my shadows and my triggers and figuring out why certain things trigger me in the way that they do. It's been diving into my insecurities so that I can push through them and they don't affect me the way that they have been. You know, my goal is to always show up better for myself and for the people in my world. And that's why I just just love personal development. I'm a personal development junkie. In the past year, I've been going all into the insecurities and tendencies that I have that have affected my relationships and my confidence and my childhood trauma and all the wounds that still show up for me every single day. We all have past wounds that show up in how we do life now, whether we want to admit it or not. So again, diving into this stuff is uncomfortable, but it's a form of self-care for me because working through this stuff allows me to work through a lot of the issues that present themselves and that are blocking me from living the life that I really want to live. So things like, why do I struggle when I don't have control over things? Why am I feeling insecure about certain things? Why do certain things trigger me so much? What am I actually scared of? That's the kind of stuff that we are diving into. It can get deep, it's transformational. I highly recommend. The next one is less screens and more fiction. Look, sometimes self-care looks like binge watching a show on on Netflix, and I'm all for that. But often for me, it looks like, you know, having my four-sigmatic mushroom cacao drink before bed and turning off my screens, going on airplane mode, and just reading a fiction. Like, I love to read thrillers. I love to get lost in a good book. And when I'm lost in the right story, even during the day, I have no problem just tapping out and saying, I need to go read my book. I want to know what's going on. And it's interesting because taking time away from screens and diving into books actually helps me be more productive and focused. By the way, on my website, I do have a section where you can find all of my favorite books, personal development and fiction. It's jamiescrimger.com forward slash book club. But guys, seriously, just taking time to read, whether it is personal development or fiction, it just helps you just get lost and just chill, turn off the noise, and it. I just, I just love it. A new thing that I've been doing is energy work. So first of all, I have to say I never in my freaking life thought that I would say this, but I'm going to Reiki. I don't know enough about it to talk about it, but in the last few months, I've realized that I'm just... I'm feeling kind of blocked. There's something missing and there's something, I just needed to add something else to my toolbox. I feel like I've come so far in my own progress, like personally and professionally, but I, again, yeah, blocked is the right word. So my cousin recommended that I go to do a Reiki session in a salt cave. Definitely not something that I would normally do, but it has been so good the woman who I go to, her name is Shelly. And from what I understand, she is not your standard Reiki person. She does touch you. She has some medium abilities. And I've been a few times now, and it's just really been transformational and helped me tap into some of the areas where I'm feeling blocked and where I'm holding tension. And yeah, I don't know enough about it to talk about it too much. But again, it's something that I never thought I would do, but it is really helping. So. There's a lesson there too, right? Like sometimes we have a closed mind about something or we have these preconceived notions or we think something's not for us. But if you just give it a try, you might be surprised. The next thing is sleep, guys. Sleep is self-care. I know like sleep is something we need every single day, but prioritizing sleep is so important. So I like to go to bed early. Most nights I'm crawling in bed around 7.30. I'm not sleeping, but I am done with the day. My husband likes late nights, so he's probably up till 11 or so. But when we are doing like our day-to-day routine and their school and work the next day, I am getting into bed real early. Now, I wouldn't have been able to do this when my stepkids were younger. So it really does, you know, depend on the stage of life that you're in. But now that my daughter goes to bed with me and the kids are older, it just kind of works. I read a book. I watch my show. I listen to a meditation from the Calm app. I I really do love to go to bed early, and I prioritize eight hours of sleep. So if I go to bed later, I will adjust the time that I wake up in the morning accordingly because sleep is so important. Now, here's something that you do need to remember. Your self-care regime does need to work with your life and the season that you're in with your family. So this would not have worked when my stepkids were younger because my husband was working late more often and they had extracurriculars. Like I could not have gone to sleep at 7.30. It was just, it would not work. So you do have to find balance and be creative based on the stage of life that you're in. But on the flip side, make sure that you don't use the stage of life that you're in as an excuse not to take care of yourself. Right? So there is a balance there. So don't say, well, I have young kids. I never, I can't do self-care. Like self-care just doesn't work for me at this stage. You have 15 minutes, you can find 15 minutes and you have to make yourself a priority. The last thing that I'm gonna share about self-care for me is just having nice loungewear. This really goes back to the look good, feel good idea that I was talking about above, but I love loungewear, Tights and a sweater and my uniform. I don't really get into jeans or dress up unless I'm going out somewhere. I work from home. It's important that I'm comfortable and that I still look good. And I really do feel like the way you dress affects the way you feel. And it doesn't have to be complicated, but look good, feel good. And for me, self-care is spending a little extra on a pair of yoga pants or investing in a good sweatsuit. And even if you have to just wear the same thing over and over and over again, Invest in loungewear that makes you feel good, that is neutral, and that is timeless. So neutral is big for me because I do like to wear the same things over and over again. So I make sure it's not too flashy because, like, if you wear the same bright yellow sweater every day, you're the person who wears the bright yellow sweater every day. But if you wear black all the time, no one really notices that you're wearing the same things over and over and over again. So for me, just investing in a good outfit— for lounging at home that still makes you feel cute and put together is just, I don't know, it's important to me. Some people care, some people don't. But if you are looking for inspiration or tips on loungewear, if you're interested in seeing my Lululemon favorites, all of my faves are up on my website. So I have a page for Lululemon and I also have a page for All of the other things that I wear, like my favorite jeans and that kind of stuff. So, jamiescrimter.com forward slash favorites to check that out. Now, I am an affiliate for Lululemon. So, when you shop and you go through my links on my page, it helps support the show. The cost doesn't change for you, but I do get a small percentage. Okay, so to sum it up, self care for me is eight hours of sleep, movement chugging water all day, green smoothies, time with friends, meditation, rest, personal growth, and lashes. All of these things help me feel good, look good, and show up in a way that I feel good about. All right, so that is what self-care looks like for me. Now we're going to dive in to some of the questions that you guys submitted on Instagram. So the first question is, how do you explain what you need so your partner understands it's about you, not about them? So I think you're overthinking this. And you could be like, hey, the girls want to have dinner on Friday. Does that work with our schedule? Or, hey, honey, I want to start working out a bit more, and I'm trying to figure out a good time that works. I'm thinking morning. Any thoughts on this? Like, this isn't about them. It's about you. So let them know your schedule or your plans that day in advance so that they aren't surprised or maybe had other intentions for the schedule. And just communicate. So for example, when Darren wants to go for a run at night, he usually tells me in the morning so that I can manage my expectations at night so that we can kind of troubleshoot anything that comes up during the day. And when I have something going on or I'm, you know, I have an idea or something that I want to do, I just share it with him. So it's about having that open communication and just managing everyone's expectations. Next question, how to do it in the house with kids and a husband without giving up your care Time early. So, again, I think this is about communicating what you're doing and managing your expectations to so saying, like, hey, mom's going downstairs to do a workout. I'm going to be half an hour. If anything comes up, ask your dad, okay? Again, communicate, communicate, communicate. You also need to be open to a plan B. So, on a coaching call I had with a stepmom a while back, we were talking about how important her morning routine is to her. And how she would feel so triggered and derailed when it was interrupted by her stepdaughter, her husband in the morning. So it would set off her day. It was really effective for her to have a plan B because in her mind, she's like, if I don't have the self-care, you know, I am not going to show up as my best self. I really need to have this strict routine. But that's not always possible when you have kids. Like sometimes when you're doing a workout, there's going to be kids walking in and out. Sometimes when you're downstairs reading or you're, you know, having like time with I don't know, whatever you're doing, it's going to get interrupted by kids. Like it's pretty, it's pretty normal. So having a plan B is really effective. So what are you going to do when that happens? What are you going to do when that time is getting interrupted? So I'll use me for an example here. So ideally I'm downstairs from about five to seven 30 in the morning. Sometimes Reese will wake up around six and come downstairs, but she knows that it's quiet time. And I remind her of that. So I give her a choice. I let her know that she's welcome to hang out there and lie there and do some coloring and reading, or she can go back upstairs and hang out with daddy and go back to sleep or, you know, watch something. So sometimes she chooses to stay and other times she doesn't. But you just need to learn how to pivot when you're thrown a curveball and be a little bit more flexible. So take what you can get, especially when the kids are young, and you know, manage those expectations. Next question, how do you not feel guilty about it? So if you're feeling guilty, I would really dive into why you're feeling guilty. Like challenge those feelings of guilt. So it's like, okay, I feel guilty. Why do I feel guilty? What am I afraid of? Is this reasonable? Is this warranted? Is the story I'm telling myself here true? What are the benefits of me doing this right now? How will this help me show up? How will it help my partner and the vibe of my home? What bullshit stories are affecting the way I feel right now? So, like, push through that guilt, challenge the guilt, and show yourself how good it feels to make yourself a priority. So, for example, going back to that trip that I was on, right? So there were times where I'd feel homesick or I'd feel guilt come in. It's like, okay, I'm feeling guilty. I'm worried about whether or not Reese is being taken care of. Okay, well, she is being taken care of. She's with her dad. I'm worried that going on a trip makes me a bad mom no, it doesn't make me a bad mom. I know I'm a great mom. I know that my daughter thinks I'm a great mom. She's loved. She feels safe. Her needs are taken care of. Okay. Yeah. That fear is not true, right? What are the benefits of me doing this right now? Well, it's going to help me feel rejuvenated and I get to have this time with my aunt and my cousin. I'm going to go back with more energy and be more excited and focused about life. Okay right? So you go through and just like challenge the thoughts that you have and just kind of lay in that discomfort. So if you are really, really struggling with this, I recommend setting a timer. So start with like 15 minutes and you can find 15 minutes and just make yourself a priority for that short, short period of time. And remember, when you're making yourself a priority, it doesn't mean that you're not meeting the needs of your kids and your partner. This isn't a one or the other situation. It means you're prioritizing yourself the same way that you prioritize other people. It doesn't have to be one or the other. You are not choosing you over them. The other piece is to make sure it really fits into your schedule. For example, I don't book a lash appointment when my kids need to be picked up. I don't book a lash appointment or a girls' night when my husband's working late, right? So you have to take a look at your schedule and create a self-care plan that works for you. Next question, how do you explain that you need space without sounding like you don't wanna be with him? I thought about this one pretty hard. And if your partner is insecure about you wanting to take some time on your own, it's something that they need to work through, not you. And I, I say that with love, but if you say that you're, you know, if you communicate your intentions ahead of time and express your needs and let them know that you just need to have a girl's night or veg out or read a book, The hope is that they're secure enough to want this for you because they care about you and want you to feel fulfilled. So if you do get a rebuttal, explain yourself and then stay true to the promise to yourself. Like you can say something along the lines of, honestly, honey, this is not about you. I just need some quiet time alone where no one says my name. I just kind of need that me time. This is similar to how when you set boundaries, sometimes people have issues with it and they push back on it. But when you're consistent and they see the positive impacts that it can have, they'll start to understand. When your partner starts to see the impact that it has when you start taking care of yourself on a regular basis, they are gonna be all freaking in. Next question, how do you find time for yourself and the regular duties around the house? Well, I wake up in the morning and I give myself permission to not have it all done. I know that having the perfect house with all the chores done is not more important than feeling good. I am sure that you can always find something to do. You will always, there, there's always going to be laundry. There's always going to be something to clean up. There's always going to be a job that you could be doing. It's never fully done. So schedule in that time and just make it non-negotiable because you got to. And really, it's just 15 minutes a day. Like, you can find 15 minutes. So if you are like, no, I need to do it all. I need to have everything done. Wake up 15 minutes earlier, stay up 15 minutes later. Just don't overcomplicate it. Next question, how do you take the first step in having a more positive mindset? Gratitude, this is really, it's gratitude. So wake up every day and try to find five to 10 things to be grateful for. The little things, it's like the little moments, like the dinner you loved, something you're looking forward to, You know, a feeling you had, an amazing hug that you had in the kitchen with your partner. Just, it can be the little things. And you can always find something to be grateful for, even when you have to dig really, really hard. So when you're looking for positive things, you're going to see more positive things. For example, like if I were to make a gratitude list right now, I would say, I'm grateful for the trip that I have with my aunt and my cousin. I'm grateful for the cuddle on the couch I had with Reese last night and how nice it was when we were doing her homework together. I would talk about the family dinner that we had, or be grateful that Darren picked Reese up from dance last night and was able to get home early for dinner. You know, I would be grateful for my sister who helps me manage my business. I would be grateful for the quiet time I had this morning. And, you know, I was able to finalize the notes for this episode, like grateful for the book that I'm reading because I'm finding it really transformational, like little things like that. Like it doesn't need to be this big, huge thing. When you start looking for positive things, you're gonna see more positive things. So if you're constantly thinking about all the shit that's going wrong and all of your stressors in your life, you're going to see more things to be stressed out about. Trust me. So it's like, I I talk about this sometimes, your relationship with your stepkids. So if you go into your time with your stepkids expecting it to be stressful, it's gonna be far more stressful than it would if you were looking for all the positives. I always say when your stepson walks in the house and you are, you know, preparing yourself to be irritated by them, you are for sure going to hear the way they chew their chicken at dinner. And it's going to drive you nuts the way they chomp their gum or, you know, the way they put their dish in the dishwasher, like all of the little things. So, you know, look for the positives and you will see more positives. Next question is, what is your advice when you feel like self-care is one more thing to do when you'd actually rather sleep? Well, if you'd rather sleep, go to sleep. That is priority, right? Sleep is self-care. The other thing I would say is time management. So like how much time are you spending watching Netflix at night or scrolling through Instagram or TikTok reels or whatever? You know, you make time for things that you, you have time for things that you make time for. So if it feels like something that you're dreading other than a workout, I still don't love working out despite years trying to love it, but if your self-care routine is something that you dread, it's probably not the self-care routine for you. How do you take space when you have no space in your home? The bedroom is a big one for me. I usually go to the bedroom when the house is super busy, uh, you can also go for a drive. You can go to the gym. You can go to a coffee shop. You can go for a walk. Don't use space as an excuse. How do you create an environment in your step family that makes it normal to do it? Communicate. Communicate what you're doing if it's going to disrupt the normal way of life. So manage people's expectations. If you're going to start working out after dinner every night and the kids aren't used to that, let them know. The same with your morning routine. When it comes to taking care of yourself, it will trickle down and become normal. You just have to be consistent. And the more consistent you are and the more they see you doing this, the more normal it's going to become. Last question, how do you handle when your partner can't hold their weight so that you can do self-care? Okay, your partner can hold their weight. You are not giving them enough credit. They are an adult. They can do it. They may not do it the way that you would like them to do it. It may not be perfect in your eyes. It doesn't have to be done the exact way that you do things. It can be done their way for a while, but they can do it. It's like Terry Cole says in her book, The Boundary Boss, which again, I recommend to everyone. When you overfunction, other people underfunction. So I challenge your thoughts on saying that they can't hold their own weight. Whose definition of that are you using? All righty, guys, that's it for this one. Thank you so much for tuning in. So, my challenge for you right now is to start to rethink what self care means for you. You are worth it. Nourish yourself. Ask yourself, what do I need right now? What do you need to do to show up as the best version of yourself for the people who deserve to have you as the best version of yourself? And if you haven't already, I would be forever grateful if you could leave a review on iTunes, subscribe so new episodes are uploaded to your app, and thank you for thank you for being here. That's it for this one. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you haven't already, and if the podcast has been resonating with you, I would be forever grateful if you would head on over to iTunes and give the show a rating and a review. And if you know someone who would benefit from listening to this episode, be sure to send it their way. Now, if you are craving more head to my website, jamiescrimger.com. There are lots of blog posts and podcast episodes and resources available for you over there. And if you really want to dive in, I do take on a limited number of coaching clients every month. So you can book one call or work with me for three months. Either way, we will create an individualized plan for your unique stepfamily situation. Remember, sitting around biatching about how hard being a stepmom is won't make being a stepmom any easier. If you want change in your life, it has to start with you. Chat with you next week.